welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast with myself, Steve Nussbaum, and as always, my good friend, Southstand chum, bearded legend, the one and only Mr. Paul Levy. Thank you very much. Welcome back, everybody. This is seven, episode number 78 uh, of the Orient Outlook podcast, and what started as a very, very quiet week ended with a storm of negativity, but more about that later on in the show. As always, this is the only place you'll get a comprehensive roundup of everything going on at and around the club, including the ladies' team, the youth team, the trust. And really just about anything that's going on at Leighton Orient, really. So, without any more of a delay on proceedings, let's let's crack on with the week that was. Yep. What about the Supports Club updates? Though, yeah, that's all part of yeah. it. Oh, okay. That's all so, part of it. Uh, just the one trip to tell you about this week, uh, and that is the coaches to Hartlepool on Saturday, 22nd of October. They leave Brisbane Road at 8am, £33 for members, £30 for concessions, and a £3 surcharge for non-members. So there's two ways to book. You can book uh, in the Supporters Club, uh, at any home game or you could just call the travel line on 07722 and that's for Hartlepool on Saturday the 22nd of October that is well done and also a very happy 18th birthday to long time listener and supporter of the podcast he was getting involved with us at the very very yeah. outset so thanks for, for all your support and that's to Luke he is a programme seller as well in the west the southwest part of the south yeah. stand um, apologies, I didn't come and see you yesterday. Um, I said hello and sort of ran off to go and meet uh, some mates, but you went and said hello. Yeah. And so, happy birthday, Luke! Mate, Cheers for yeah. for all your tweets. Happy 18th, Luke. So, episode 77 was last week. We had Dean Cox uh, on the podcast. We interviewed him. Epic, epic, great number of <laughs> listens. We're really happy with that. So, thanks to everyone who listened. Loads of tweets about the episode. So, we thought we'd mention a few. Uh, firstly, sorry, just just before we uh, come on to those. If you haven't listened to it yet and just want to listen to Dean, I think it's around the 25, 30 minute mark. So if you don't want to listen to the whole 80 minutes of it, just tune in from about 20 minutes yeah. to, to 45 if you want a sort of a quick half hour, 40 to 25 minute burst. Cool, nice plug. Sorry, mate. So at Jack Finch 12 <coughs> said, a really good podcast and a heartbreaking interview with Dean. Raw emotion. He may be gone, but never forgotten. Dean all. At... Uh, how are we saying this? Jaffa Shamuti, great podcast, Dino. Uh, uh, sorry, great podcast, Dino. Little man, huge heart, in the game for all the right reasons, which is rare these days. He'll be back. He yeah. certainly will. Yeah, that Aussie 411 said, a great podcast again, gents. Good to hear Dino's passion for the club. Great bloke. Crawley, very lucky to have him. At David Sears 3, cracking podcast, gents. Can only compare how I feel about Coxie leaving to when Matt Lockwood left. Both legends. Yeah, Matt Lockwood. I think I was a bit too young to really understand like them leaving at the time. Not that I was like a kid or anything, but I didn't really properly understand it. But now I get where David's coming from. We've also interviewed Matt Lockwood, and you can find out on both iTunes and SoundCloud. I'm loving your work. Very early Orientalic interview that was. <laughs> I remember he came we, and sat here. <laughs> when he came outside your house, we were like on our third episode, and we both bricked it when we saw him walking <laughs> towards your did, door. Like, I was like, oh my God, Matt Lockwood's <laughs> walking up my driveway. <laughs> that was amazing. At Orient 65 said... Great podcast, guys. I love the interview with Dino. You guys sounded choked after chatting to him. Keep up the good work. And for me, yeah, I think it was at that point where the interview finished that I realised he'd actually gone. It would be last time we'd interviewed Dean as... As a Leighton Orient yeah. player. Yeah. Uh, at MJ Seeger uh, tweeted us and said, great extended episode. 
Gents, a decent start to the season and some useful signings showing promise up the O's. Yep, so obviously coming out last weekend, it was very positive uh, on the pitch, even though Dean had left. We had you know, had two tough away games that we'd won one and drawn the other one and decent people results. were very positive. So yep. the week that was, so Monday 12th of September, uh, following the Carlisle game, Andy Hesitile spoke to George Sessions about the form of young Harry Cornick and Hester Tyler said, I've seen Harry in training and he's capable of doing that. He gets into some really good areas. Sometimes that final pass lets him down and again on the Saturday, he got round the back of the fullback. I think he could have slid it along the floor and instead he's hit it high and we've headed it wide. Um, so you can see, though, Cornick's doing well. Hester Tyler not getting carried away. In fact, <coughs> criticising him to a certain extent, kind of making him... Trying yeah, to constructive get criticism. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And Harry continued to make the news as he was included in the Football League paper, League Two Team of the Week. Yeah. Um, also on Monday, the 12th of September, unfortunately, youth player Charlie Barker is ruled out for four months with a fractured back. That must be really painful. So we wish you a very speedy uh, and, uh, and a healthy recovery there, Charlie. Look forward to, to hearing more about your progress absolutely. as well. Absolutely. So Tuesday, 30th of September, we all knew it was coming, but seeing the pictures, it was still hard to see. Uh, Dean Cox in a different shirt to the late Laurent one. Red suits him, though. It, yeah, it does. So, announced as signing for Crawley Town on a two-and-a-half-year contract, starting on the 1st of January 2017, and obviously <coughs> we wish Dean the best of luck uh, at Crawley, apart from on March, the whatever it is, we play them yeah. at their place. Yeah. Even though he's destined to score, obviously. Free kick. Yeah. Yeah. Summer signing Josh Doherty joined Altrincham FC on a one-month loan, so we wish uh, Josh the very best of luck. Obviously, I think Callum's now made that left-back yeah. berth his own, and I think, you know, with Sandro there as well, he's probably limited slightly on the chances he's going to get. So Absolutely. he's gone out. I, I, they're national... North, aren't they, Altrincham? I can't remember. Something like that. Okay. Something like that. I know he... Went on loan and then played straight away, away to the lead and that evening, and they lost 4-1, but they had a man sent off really early. Right, um, okay. So, cool. I don't know how they done yesterday. So, Wednesday, 14th of September, Paul McCallum spoke to Guardian Orient about his blossoming partnership with Jordan Bowery and said, Jordan does the side of the game that I don't like to do, and I do the side that he doesn't like. I fight and hold the ball up, win the headers, and he runs down the channels, and it works perfect, as you can see, because he scored last week, and I've done it this time. So, as long as we keep playing together... I think there are a lot of goals to come. Um, cool. So a good, a nice little quote there from Paul. Very confident, as we all know. He's yeah. No, no. He's no short, not short of confidence. That guy is. Yeah. So fair play to him. Thursday, the fifteenth of September, the Greater Game play opens in the Southwark Playhouse. The play is based on the Stephen Jenkins book. They took the lead. Is sponsored by the Royal British Legion. Stars include Charlie Clements, who is Bradley Branning in EastEnders, Nick Hancock from They Think It's All Over and Room 101, and also Danny Walters, who was in Benidorm. The play is on until the 16th of October, and tickets can be booked online at the www.southwarkplayhouse.co.uk, or you can call 0207 407 0234. Tickets and previews are £10, standard £20, concessions and concessions sorry and groups 16 pounds so it's open now and quite a few people have already seen it um, from the club and getting great reviews and we're obviously going to try and make it down there as soon as possible so if you fancy uh, a night out uh, uptown yeah go and book tickets it couldn't be easier and uh quite emotive play by all accounts it's quite emotional so yeah good cast as well yeah and also there was a nice piece in the walton forest guardian by shona duffy on the orient ladies team 
Yo's ladies have so far demolished their opposition as they beat Alsford 4-0, recorded a 7-0 win over the Watford over Watford development and had two 8-0 finishes uh, triumphs over uh, Herne Bay FC and Carl Shorten Athletic. So, my goodness gracious me, if you haven't been down to see the ladies team, <laughs> I think you want to you want to be entertained. I think those are the games to go and yeah. watch. Um, yeah. And admittedly, we haven't, um, but that's just a time constraint. But I certainly aim to be doing uh, to be going down there and giving them my support yep and on Friday 16th of September absolutely nothing happened it was the first day where no, there was no news to report on and that was the week that was pretty much so going into Saturday me and Paul were going this will be a right short podcast there's nothing to say for <laughs> 10 minutes but little did we know um, so <laughs> just wait for Saturday <laughs> yeah so Saturday 17th of September day started off as normal really under 18s winning again spanking the opposition so this week they beat Stevenage 5-0. Two goals from Tristan Abrahams. Two goals as well from Sam Dorby. That man again, mentioning him now pretty much every week. Yeah. Um, and a goal also from Steven Lazarte. So well done, young O's. They are top of their table now uh, by a mile. So someone put the their table goal up. difference must be huge. I think they conceded two and scored something like 17 or 19. Um, so it must be close to 20 because they keep thumping. Yeah. So played, played 6-1-6. Six, Those six. teams are really near him. So it looks like they're going to have another outstanding season, so well done to all uh, who are involved in that youth setup. Absolutely. Uh, we had Yeovil at home on Saturday, for those that have been uh, living in a cave or <laughs> not on Wi-Fi or anything for the last few days. Um, we had Yeovil at home, we had Chisak in goal, we had Hunt, Parks, Erico, Kennedy, Massey, Weir, Kelly, Cornick in the middle, and McCallum and Bowdry, uh, sorry, Bowery up Bowdry? front. Not Bowery. <laughs> yeah. Uh, our subs were Charlie Granger, um, Aaron Pollock, Sandra Semedo, Atengana, and Nomo, Simpson, and Palmer. Just to go left field, Baldry was on the bench yesterday for Doncaster. Good. For the first time. Good. So we wish Baldry Making well. Making his uh, comeback. Good. O- obviously, we've, all, we've also interviewed Matt Baldry, uh, so you can catch that on SoundCloud and iTunes. Amazing plugs <laughs> for our back catalogue. Um, I will say, though, when you did the prediction tweet and all the three nils, four ones, even like Coxie um, yeah. and George Sessions, yeah. George Sessions came in at a rather modest two all. But everybody was so like, well, they're 23rd. Everyone's like, this is going to be an absolute thumping. George Session said 2 0 because he predicted 2 all last week. Oh, but sorry, didn't wrong tell way anyone that he, he predicted 2 all. Right. Okay. Which is why he said he was going to uh, do the predictions. But if you do predict, we need him now by 3 o'clock. Any after 3 o'clock, I'm Don't not included anymore because we get a spout at about 20 past 3. So. Keep sending us your predictions. We're getting loads now, uh, which is great. Uh, and we'll come on to it a bit later. But out of, I'd say, 100 predictions, only one, there was only one person who didn't We're going to do it later. We're jumping the gun. So that started levelling. They were unchanged from last weekend, as expected. Charlie Granger, Atangana, and Jay Simpson landed on the bench. As Sam Sargent was ruled out due to an illness. So we wish, uh, wish Sam better. Absolutely. So Team you expected? Yeah, exactly the team I expected. Good to see Simpson back. Good to see Atangana back. Um, so very happy with that. Loads of tweets came in. Yeah. Uh, but we highlighted the three that we thought uh, made valid points that we probably didn't think of. Yep. So, so, at, go yeah, at Jimbo1404 said, think that's okay. Team has done well the last couple of games and it seems as if Simpson was actually injured. <laughs> <laughs> at John M. Pan H002 said, very attacking bench there. I hope Nomo gets a chance. Yep. At Adam Joseph. Adam H. Joseph, sorry, said, could get nasty. Among the Yeovil substitutes today, and this is a, a really brilliant spot, amongst the Yeovil substitutes today are Lawless, Mugabe, and the refs are dead man. 
Alluding referring to, to Darren Dead. Deadman. Brilliant. Uh, so the well referee. Done, so great spot, Adam. Well done, Adam. So match kicked off. Um, and look, you know, I was sitting there going, we're going we're gonna to spank you over. I just thought we were going to absolutely walk it. And first 15 Everyone minutes. Everyone did. Yeah. First 15 minutes were pretty dull. Got to confess, both teams seemed to be off the pace. Passes weren't going to the right men, going astray. Just lumping long ball all the time from yeah. the outside. It's all, go- all going from Tom Parks and Erico up to McCallum and Bowery. Yeah, not many runs off the ball, not much desire. Shown. It seemed like <laughs> no one was really up for it. Yeah, um, a couple of things to note. In the 18th minute, Bowery played Cornick down the right. His cross comes to Kelly, uh, he flicks the ball up, uh, but blazes his volley over the bar. Something to note, that, that ball from Cornick to Kelly, again, was inch perfect. So he got away on the right and put in a really early ball, and it fell, and it was meant for Kelly, and it found him. So yeah. well played there for Cornick. We've seen him do that a couple of times now, at Cornick, when he gets away on the right. Yeah. Which may be his reason why Massey, who's a right winger, <laughs> is, is having to play on the left, because Cornick's doing so well there. Because we, we spotted that yesterday. Yeah. Uh, 23rd minute then. Kennedy's ball forward is missed by Bowery. McCallum has slid in and lays off Cornick, but he fired over the bar. Yeah, it's quite wildly wide, I think. It, yeah. The TV might not show it right. The O's start to defend poorly, and we conceded a few chances, which led to the following tweet by George Sessions, who said, uh, this is around the 30-minute mark, Hessen Tyler barking orders to his team on the touchline. He's furious with how things have gone over the last few minutes, because Yeovil yeah. was starting to get a little bit together, weren't they? They started, started to get, get the upper top. hand. Yeah. Crowd started to go a bit quiet. They've started to get more confident. Uh, the Edwards I noticed was out quite a lot as well. He uh, sat on the bench quite a lot. He did. He didn't. He doesn't normally. Someone behind us said was shouting like, "Why don't you get up and do something?" Yeah. Else? Or someone was commented that he's just sat. And then he did. He did around the half hour mark. Something must have triggered it. Like maybe a misplaced pass or something. But then Hess was up and away. Yeah. Fortieth minute, uh, we got a free kick in a really decent position. Uh, Kennedy stepped up. Fortunately, hit it straight into the wall. But around that point, a few chance going up of Dino. Um, yeah, because that's, yeah, that's his range. But that man that, that, that it hit, the defender that it hit, started running. He was only oh, about really, five yeah, yards yeah. out when, 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 the, when Kennedy kicked the ball. So if Darren Dedman was doing his job properly, he should have bought the free kick back and taken the ball back and booked the yeah. man. Yeah, that's what he should have done, but it never happened. So that's what you get with Darren Dedman. In added time in the first half, or literally just, just at the end of that, yeah. it could only have been 20, 30 seconds on the clock. Nicky Hunt um, takes a nasty looking knock, but he manages to get back up in his feet. And a few seconds later, the half time whistle was blown, and the end uh, and, and the first half ended nil nil. So, yeah. so your thoughts on the first half then, Paul? Was it? Uh, another poor half of football. Um, Chisat tested a few times, but their keeper wasn't tested once. Neither team, in my view, grabbed this game by the scruff of the neck and took control. Would have expected Kelly or Weir to do that, given their yeah. pedigree and their experience. Good point. And it wasn't, no one seems to be getting any, any direction on the pitch either. Considering no. Weir, who's captain and comes you know, with yeah. a lot of experience. Kelly, who's vice-captain and was captain last year at Oldham, yeah. seemed to be a leader. And Hess alluded to the fact he was trying to sign leaders. Um, and we well, had a so disappointing lot to see someone leading on the pitch. Yeah. There doesn't seem to be, and Hess noted it, there doesn't seem to be anyone who's particularly vocal. There's yeah. no one that's shouting yeah. and saying, come on, or geeing up. Hunt's not that type of player. Erico can't speak English. Tom Parks doesn't seem to be like that. And Callum Kennedy seems yeah. to go about his business quite yeah. quietly. Cornick and Massey aren't. And I suppose the only one would really be McCallum, but he's not really that sort of... Yeah. Maybe he's not that sort Good of player point. either, but you would expect it from Weir or, 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 or Kelly because... That's like you say. That's what they were in yeah. their previous clubs. Like we're we're still missing that Nathan Clark esque organizer and communicator. We just haven't <coughs> seemed to replace that in the last couple yeah. of years, unfortunately. So 
for me, yeah, like you, thought it was very sloppy. Bear in mind as well, we're playing the team who are 23rd in the league. I think they'd lost their last five matches on the trot. So it shows you the quality of opposition we were playing and we couldn't break them down. It didn't really look like we were going to break them down. Yeah. And I also made a note saying Paul McCallum long throws. Who knew? Yeah, it's something he's had in his locker. They tried it, I think, Carlisle. I think Matt Simpson made a great point saying Paul McCallum throws are great and made for Paul McCallum. Yeah, you know, so he can't run you, yeah. to yeah, get on the end of it. Great for you to set the forward, but you don't want you to set the forward not in the box when those balls are coming in. Yeah. So we had a tweet that came in from at Sandcast9. Team playing like they know the manager doesn't have any control. Apathy on the pitch and apathy in the stands. Yeah, we like that tweet. Uh, nice tweet. So attendance was announced at 4,557 with 272 making the journey from Somerset. So fair play to those fans. It's a long way to come. It's a mission. Absolute mission. Second half kicked off, and unsurprisingly, Orient made one change as Nicky Hunt, who was injured on the stroke of half time, is replaced by Aaron Pollock, who moves to right back. Not yep. his position, but that's where he was played. Yep, I guess more to come of that later as well. So, 51st minute, McCullum's long throw causes more problems for the overall defence. Massive setup Kennedy, but his effort went over the bar. Yeah, 60 minutes. Even Erico goes in the book after he's easily beaten by his man and he fouled him. Quite a dangerous place to give away a free kick. I think it was a bit unnecessary. So at this point, we're starting to notice Pollock was starting to lose a bit of control over the left back. And it was that player, or it was that side of the pitch again, where mm-hmm. that defender had gotten away. He'd also gotten past Erico. So Erico kind of slid in, took the book in. Um, yeah. But we were starting to get a bit exposed on our right-hand side. And yeah. I think Yeovil was starting to kind of take the advantage on that side there. He was tricky, though, that left back. Very good left back. He that looked very good. He looked good, so... Uh, 63rd minute and I guess this double substitution that we all expected and to be fair to Hess good time to do it didn't leave it too late 63rd minute Robbie Ware came off and got replaced by Nigel Attingana and there were a few chances for Nigel weren't there in the 10 minutes and when he started warming up you could hear the crowd visibly uh, get behind him and his name started shouting out and Jordan Bowery came off for Jay Simpson so fair play to Hess you know he'll get criticised later on but he made the subs at the right time I thought Yeah, 75th minute, ironic cheers around the ground as Jay Simpson has our first shot on target this half after he controlled Mass's pass, makes some space for himself um, and then Yeovil go up the other end, literally straight off the back of that and win a corner. Yep, so Simpson done well there, like he still, (coughs) he looks fit to be fair Simpson, didn't look rusty, done well as you say considered a corner. Uh, and from that corner Yeovil took the lead through Tom Eads who uh, had an unmarked header at the back post after to be fair we failed to defend the corner properly some shocking defending it almost looked to me like a free header as I recalled it back in my mind oh it was rubbish he was under a bit of pressure but not enough to put him off it was rubbish and that's when obviously the boo started ringing around but going back to the defending it was a short corner so we didn't pick up the short man we looked slack picking up the short man and then once that guy had the ball we didn't really go to him so he had all the time in the world to put the cross in he put it in and then yeah, Tom Eves, pretty much unchallenged. Chizak, little chance, to be fair to Chizak. He threw himself at it, though, he Alex. At it. Yeah, he did. He threw himself at it. And, we and then he looked behind. proper angry afterwards. Yeah, well, He looked really angry. Him, but really poor defending. Never seen him like that before. Really poor defending. So yeah. following that, Pollock was then moved to centre-back and Eric went to right-back. So obviously, Hess noted that the fact that Pollock was having a tough time with it uh, at right-back. He wasn't looking comfortable. And as we've said, the overall left-back was only a good game. He got the better of him. Probably one of a better game in his uh, in, in his season. Eighty <laughs> third um, minute, Pollock played in Massey, but Alex Lacey blocked well. And then we got to ninety minutes. Ball went up to show that four minutes of injury time have been added. And I must say, quite a lot of people were leaving around this point. It was emptying out quite 
In the 85th minute, yeah. I think people started leaving. Yeah. 91st minute, though. We all, we almost equalised as Simpson beat Kershiak from a tight angle, but the ball's cleared off the line. I, I literally thought that was a goal. Well, it would have been. Had, literally <laughs> thought that was a goal. The ball, I was literally out my seat already, and then I saw the guy on the line. Again, Simpson done really well. Really quick feet again. Like, the ball came to him, and he kind of beat like two men. Shuffled it away. He got yeah. shot away really quickly. And, and I thought, oh, he's beating him. I was going, oh, and then the guy cleared it off the line. Days, it wasn't meant to be. And then McCallum was unlucky, though, because the rebound came out to McCallum, and he hit it well, but it was just a defender. Straight in the way, who blocked it? Yeah. And the ball came out to Liam Kelly, uh, and, and he fired it off. over. Yeah. And at that point, you're just thinking, it's not going to be our day. <coughs> it's not going to be our day. No. And so the, the rest of the matches, the real drama yeah. was about to unfold. Well, as it, as it turns out, the rest of the matches played out. Full time whistle goes, and as we are leaving, there seems to be a volume of noise, a fair bit of noise coming from the west stand, as a few chants are made of Bicchetti out, which gradually starts to get louder throughout the whole ground. To make matters slightly worse, Francesco Becchetti just dismisses the chance away, sort of, sort of wave, gesticulates them. his hand to shoo them away, um, shoo the fans away, sort of go away, be quiet, stop making your noise, sort of gesture. Um, and but he hangs around on the balcony, which kind of antagonised the fans even more. And then he was on the very back row, standing up, looking down. And then what he does, which I think antagonised people even more, was he comes to the front of the balcony yeah, and starts <laughs> waving. <laughs> He literally like, oh, hi, everybody, I'm up here. Thanks for noticing me. Um, it made things worse before disappearing. I think he's, ha- he's not handled that well, and what he should have done was just walk off into his boardroom and just stayed there, let everybody go. The noise would have gone, and everyone would have gone home. But I think people were just looking for any- anything he did other than walk away would be seen as a negative, and they would say he's just winding the fans up. I think from being at the... Meet the no, and I'm not defending yeah. him. I'm not defending him. I'm not his biggest fan. I'm not defending <laughs> him. I'm just giving an alternative. I think from uh, seeing what B- Bichetti's like at Meet the Chairman evening, I feel that's the kind of character he is. I think if you're going to... If fans are going to criticise him, because he will get criticised again, he, he, he won't shy away. He won't kind of just walk out a back door. He'll face it head on and that seems to be kind of to be the Carolina character mm. uh, that he is but I mean that was the main talking point as we'll come on to kind of the reaction in a bit that seemed to be a lot of tweets against to be fair some for Bichette it wasn't all one sided uh, from the fans at all some fans well, come on to being that. a bit too harsh so yeah. uh, two tweets from both local journalists who were there so firstly from at George Sessions who said loud boos and calls for Bichette out by a large number of Royal fans this is the loudest protest towards the Italians that I've heard. And at Guardian Orient tweeted, O's fans are shouting, Bicchetti out. And they clap off the Yeovil players. Interesting day here at Brisbane Road. Yeah, very interesting. We did tell you it's never a dull moment we at sure Leighton did. Orient, didn't we? We sure did. So Andy Hessenthaler, after the match, uh, had a lot to say, actually. So on the match, he said, I'm used to the fans showing their frustration. We had it last year. They are frustrated like everybody else and disappointed. I can understand that. And I want to apologise for today because we weren't good enough. And they were right for saying that. You have to agree with them on that. But the players don't go out there to play like that. And it is a new group. They are hurting as much as the fans are. We have got to get it right for the fans. It is as simple as that. (coughs) On Bacchetti, he said he is as disappointed as anybody. And he wants to win football matches and certainly on our home ground. He said it was one of those days. It didn't happen for us and we've been doing well away from home. But we need to get it right here. And he just said, keep your head up, keep positive, we go again during the week and have to try and bounce back next Saturday. To be fair to him, he was excellent. So I think, so reading that quote loud, I think 
when you say to be fair to him, he was excellent. I think that means when he met the players after and said what has to say, he said is the way I've looked at it like that. But those words that has to say that he said, yeah. Was almost they, like a debrief, post-match debrief they, between Hess and him. Yeah. That's how I'm reading that. That doesn't sound like something Bichetti would say. No. That's not how I would expect Bichetti talking after a home defeat. No. Knowing what had happened on the balcony. 100% agree. So, so I don't know what's But we weren't there, so all we could do is voice what we think yeah. was said. It, it, it seems strange to say something like that as yeah, well. Very I really think it's it's slightly odd because Bichetti doesn't come across. He would have probably gone into that dressing room and going, why did we lose that match? Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Why, we, why didn't you play so well? Why didn't you take your chances? Why didn't you shoot? Why didn't you stop that? Maybe not so much as that, but why did you just not win? Yeah. It's probably as short as what you're going to yeah. get from him. So on Nicky Hunt, who would have yeah. injured, and the Hassan has said, the physio says it is the MCL, which is the medial collateral ligament. So he will have a scan and we'll know a little bit more by Monday. We're going to have a look at a few situations now. We have a couple of players in the building on trial. So obviously, if we hear of anyone, we'll keep you posted. Uh, we'll have a look at them and see what we can do during the week. So expect another signing, I would say, on the basis of that. And I tweeted from my own, yeah. uh, from my own Twitter, uh, we've got Alan Dunn on the payroll. Very good point. We have Alan Dunn on the payroll. Who is a right-back. Granted, yeah. he didn't have a good time last season, but we've got a guy on the payroll already. Yeah. So why do, why do we need to go out looking for good another right-back? An experienced right-back. Alan Dunn had completely passed me by. So, yeah, great point about so, that. And we'll obviously mention the lack of depth a bit later, because I think that gets well, mentioned yeah, a few we've times. we've let Sean go, and we've got Alan Dunn, and yet we're going to go out and get another player in. It just... Yeah. We've also got Miles Judd, who was on the bench last week, who's a right-back. Um, yeah. So, we'll see. So, yeah. league table... Uh, that defence meant we slipped to 10th from the table which is amazing really because we've lost three games at home uh, already and we're still 10th so we have played 8 won 3 drawn 2 and lost 3 on 11 points with a goal difference of plus 2 so the goal difference isn't too bad because we lost 3 matches Yeah. Um, so 10th isn't a bad place to be at this point in time at all even though it's all pretty much doom and gloom uh, based on yesterday's performance still too early in the Not season bad. to start thinking so about so Mr Levy about yeah, your my views on yesterday I thought overall it was a terrible team performance no one really seemed up for it Matty and Cornick we noted kept coming inside meaning that there was a lack of width but was that I, I presume that was a tactic that we were using well the next note I made was that must have been Hess's instructions right, but point, yeah. can't understand why yeah why would you make it so narrow and more direct when clearly you want to stretch the team and yep. with the pace of Massey and, and how the trickery of Cornick, why wouldn't you want them out on the wings? We barely had any shots on target despite the club stat of six in the game. I don't remember us... Maybe I think we had one shot in the first half and three in the second. So at best, in my, from what I can remember, we had four. But Yeovil yep. um, were 23rd and we lost at home having beaten top of the table at the time Morecambe. Um, and obviously getting point away at, uh, at uh, uh, Carlisle. Such such contrast, and I don't understand why we can't get that consistency together. There are so many rumours and stories about what's going on behind the scenes at the club. You know, I heard yesterday as well from someone, I don't know how true this is or how right this is, but he goes into the dressing room 20 minutes before a game and changes the setup. I don't know how right that is. Who does it seems that? a bit strange. Bichetti. Right, OK. Bichetti goes in. I, I don't know. Um, but there's all sorts of rumours and nonsense going around. We do have it on pretty good authority, though, that he Bichetti is involved in picking the team, and it's hard to see how we can move forward positively here I'm, I'm really not enjoying going to football at Brisbane Road and I know I'm, I'm not alone because I've read a lot of other people's comments about that as yeah. well and it's just not something that invigorates me anymore like I used to yeah it's, well. not, it's, not, it's just not fun anymore 
Your thoughts? Yeah. Um, like I said earlier, I thought we would absolutely walk the match. Uh, there wasn't a doubt in my mind. And all the predictions came in even made me even more confident, but I haven't got an idea of what happened. Good team on paper going into the match. Good to do 11 from the O's. We should have won the game. Just never got going. Didn't, didn't, didn't show it. It, it's always the way when you get people tweeting you in that you're going to get tonked you're going to yeah. sorry you're going to tonk a team it's always the opposite so when I'm sitting there thinking three nils four ones yeah. I'm thinking no mate this is going to be tight yeah I mean is there an issue at Brisbane Road we don't seem to be able to play there you know our, our away record this season is much better than our home record yeah we look nervous we look lethargic tactically naive no game plan it was only when Jay Simpson came on we looked lively up front and Nigel and Nigel yeah What's the crack with Nomo? Why isn't he playing? You know, he must be fit. He's been on the bench for the last three matches. Maybe he's not one of Hess's signings. Maybe he is. I Maybe don't know. Don't but fancy him, yeah. I'd like to see him. Uh, with Hunt's injury, we need to bring him right back in. You've mentioned Dunn, but we've just released Clahessi. And we, yeah, Dunn's still there. Has Pollock, even, sorry, has Clahessi signed for another club? No, he hasn't. There's no chance of him coming back to our club, though. Oh, uh, no, he's probably loving being away. Pollock, although he's young. He had a tough time at right back yesterday. Really tough time at right back. And why didn't Hess move Eric up to right back earlier in the second half? It took him until 35 minutes to make that change. Why didn't you do it earlier? We could all see it. We could all see it. Poor goal to concede. And we also should have conceded the initial corner as well. Uh, FB's reaction to the fans. We'll come on to that. But what can we do? You know, There's nothing we can do. It's his club at the moment. The players and management are lucky as well because... Bichetti will take all of the headlines. Uh, so they've kind of gotten away with a really poor performance. I'm amazed as well that Loft have been so inactive following the Cox release and following Bichetti's behaviour. I'm a member of Loft. You know, I haven't seen anything to me that, that tells me they're going to do anything. I know there's a work in progress, but Cox was released two and a half weeks ago now. And Bichetti's behaviour yesterday... I presume Loft aren't going to condone it and they're going to come out at some point and criticise him for it. But if Loft need new members, surely they should be driving it, the message home a lot more because they're never going to have a more opportune moment. So he gave them a platform. Of course he did, and saying. they've not right. taken it. So I don't know what Loft are doing. Um, saying that though, I wouldn't surprise me on Saturday if we go to Lots County and win 2 0, 1 0. It's just the kind of thing that Leighton Orient are doing at the moment. Mm. Going, like putting in a really poor performance and then coming out the other side and putting a. Great performance. And I will finish on, uh, lastly, Armand Nandalay at Blackpool scored again yesterday and took his goal very well. That's, I think, three or four for Armand. So In as many games, I think. Just goes to show you what playing a different team could do to a player. Playing him where he feels he's yeah. got his strengths and playing players around him that can support that. Sorry, Mr Levy. Ran over. Sorry, cool. Loft as well. No, uh, you know, we, we are able to help uh, fellow Orient fans and if you feel that they've missed an opportunity yeah. then um, then maybe Doug or any of the guys there will be able to get in touch and you can give them your views and Absolutely. help them. I'd, I'd, do you know what, I'd, ha- I'd love to have Loft on the podcast. Some of them love to come in and tell us what their plans are and if they want to they're more than welcome to come on. Cool. So those are our views, your views. We had an email from Grant Conway so Grant, thanks for getting in touch with us at orientoutlook at outlook.com. Unfortunately, no positives from today. No passion in, in the stands or on the pitch until the final whistle. Major problem now with Hunt's injury as Clahessi got bombed out. Not enough depth in the squad. I can't wait for Notts County up the O's. Yeah, so and I think he actually, he wasn't being sarcastic there. I think no. he actually can't wait for Notts County. So yeah. cheers, Grant. Another tweet uh, that came into us this morning actually. It was from at Matt Bristow. 
who commentated on Orient player yesterday. So uh, well, well done, done, Matt. I'm sure you're very good on that. He sent us a stat from Orient's last 50 home games, which reads as follows. Played 50, won 17, drawn 10, lost 23. Goal scored, 67 goals against 69. So we've only won 17 out of the last 50 home matches. But including draws, we've not lost in 27 of them. Yeah, but lost 23 out of 50 home games is pretty poor. Yeah. It's pretty poor. So thanks for that, 49%, isn't it? 48%. Staggering stats really there. But moving on to social media, and and we've picked, we had probably close to, I'd say, five or 600 tweets, if not more, on the events post-match. So when we do the prediction league, we have to go back after the match and then go through our, our previous notifications to get who won. At one point, I couldn't even get that far back to the, that morning because we had had so many tweets post-match. So thanks for all the tweets you said. They're brilliant, you know, and it gives us a great view and a great uh, input to kind of work off for the podcast. So we do have quite a lot of tweets, but they're all relevant. And sorry if we don't mention yours because, like Paul said, we had so many, it'd be impossible to read out all of them. Yeah, absolutely. So Stephen Orion tweeted us and he said, we lack creativity, we are predictable and we are awful. This is going to be a poor season. Yep, at Richie J. Bourne, just said embarrassing. Andy, the team's in a mess and Tyler. I see what you've done there. See what you did there, yeah. Richie, yep. Whoever is picking the team has can motivate them more. No passion. At Stephen J. Clark, no system or tactics. It's not Sunday League. You can't just play your best available 11 in a 4-4-2 and hope for the best. At Robert Lock 14, just says, what can you say? Another poor home showing. Some fans say it's fans who don't get behind the team. But with a performance like that, why should they pay good money to watch rubbish football? It needs sorting urgently. I can see Hess getting a boot up the backside. At Orient Fan TV, awful performance against the team that's lost five games in a row. Thank God we're playing away next week. Bacchetti out now. So yeah, so that's very Orient Fan TV are normally very, very pro uh Orient very positive. That's the first kind of negative tweet I've ever seen from them. This is a great one. At Reedy QB9 said save the day. That from Bachetti is the turning point. People will really be against him now with every point dropped. I thought that was a fantastic tweet. At best uh best booker JP said Told you the Italians are making a mess of this club. Hashtag Bacchetti out. Hess got nothing to blame for this defeat. And then the response at Billy Herring 3 said, I agree with Bacchetti out, but Hess has to take some responsibility for that garbage today. Clueless. And yeah. he does. For <clears> me, he does. The tactics, I think, were just long balls in, which I should have mentioned yeah. in my in my, my roundup earlier. But they were just long balls to, to McCallum and, and Bowery. And they, and they weren't winning them all. They were winning most, but they weren't getting the second. The, the follow-ups weren't coming in. And ultimately, we're in a situation where Yeovil are able to pick up our scraps. I think if you're going to play a long ball, and I instantly regret saying this before I've said it anyway, you've got to play Oli Palmer. I think Oli Palmer's a much better sub than when he starts but if you're going to consistently play a long ball Ollie Palmer's the only forward now who we've got who is strong to do that I know McCallum we mentioned earlier has quoted himself as saying he likes to hold the ball up and win it but if you're going to play a long ball I think for me you're going to have to play Palmer if that's the way you're going to go as a tactic because Barry's quite small and is fast and looks to go down the channels you can't play a long ball into Simpson's head McCallum it's a better finisher for me than Palmer. Yeah, much. It don't work as hard, though. No. And if you're going to play a long ball, you need someone who's going to work for that ball. And chase so it down, yeah. You're going to need Palmer. But thanks for that, Billy. And Billy was very active on Twitter yesterday, so thanks for all your tweets, Billy. At IR Matthews FC. So I thought the effort was there from the players. 
but there was no real direction on or off the pitch. At M0 Foe said, what a load of rubbish, hoofball again, we can't pass or tackle, when did Hendon come back? <laughs> yeah, at Chris Gibson, LOFC, so glad the tide has finally turned on FB, we are going backwards under his moronic leadership. At Neil underscore Watson 37, not at the game today but seeing videos of Bichetti waving away the fans, what a complete joke and a clown. Well I guess the videos are still up on Twitter so it wasn't just us, there was quite Loads. a few people in the West End. So quite easy to see if you want to see they're out there. Pank P007 said the stadium may have had a lick of pain, but the team is dull and the owner is unhinged and disrespectful. At LOFC1978 said that was dreadful from start to finish, but blaming Bacchetti, really? And that, that tweet started a massive, massive debate uh, between quite a few people about FB, yeah. some pro, some, some uh, against. It's really interesting because it's... It's not all anti-FB. It's, it's, it's biz- bizarre. Yeah. Bizarre situation to be fine ourselves in. Yeah. Uh, as follows at Lewis Bacon 17 says, FB hasn't really done anything wrong. Don't see why he can't react a bit if hundreds of fans are having a go. And that seemed to be a pattern that, that, we, that we saw. You know, if, if you've got 300, 400 people slating you, you've pumped in quite a few million quid into, into the club. Do you just stand up and take it? Can you? You know, is that, is that in your character? Is that in your culture to do that? Yeah, there you go. At David TH64301889, we could have Pep in charge and it wouldn't matter. The problem is the moron running the club. We're a rich man's real life football manager. I wouldn't want Guardiola if he ever became available, just, just to say that, David. He gives up at Man City. <laughs> at Giorgio Irwin, 77, said it was a very poor game. Couldn't get our wingers involved, making it scrappy. Didn't start playing football until the 90th minute. And FB can. Hashtag, 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 hashtag. At N underscore M underscore 93. Well done, Bacchetti. The fans show him no respect, so why should he respect them? Yeah, I've had a point there from Lil. Uh, just to go back to George Owen's point about how we just couldn't get involved in the game. Maybe we're being a bit too harsh on Yeovil. Maybe Yeovil just played well and made us kind of try and do things differently. Maybe. Uh, at Chris Cow 2, said FB has been grossly negligent and mismanaged the club since day one. Enough is enough. Hashtag Bichetti out. At Len M4, oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. And I thought winning at home was the easy part. <laughs> this, you're going to have to help me on this one, explain this one a bit better. So at Chelsea Fish, says Bruschetta out, Baguetti out, Braguetti out, Baguetti out. North Stand showing support if a little orthographically challenged. Now that <laughs> did make me laugh. So could you... So... The, the way I've understood that, um, orthography is the conventional spelling system of a language. So effectively, oh, it's, it's just kids on it's their phone. Kids on their phone because some of them were doing their putting the light yeah, on their cameras. Yeah, yeah. So if you know, some of them are quite young in the North Stand, yeah. um, and some people might just generally not be very good at spelling or so they yeah, tweet. I like they, it. They protest with their lights. I think that's what Chelsea Fish means. Okay. Chelsea Fish, if you're listening, let can you know. can you let us yeah. know? At the authentic Gaz tweeted, games don't get much worse than that, do they? Absolutely awful from LOFC. Three defeats from four home games. Things picked up when Nigel at and Jay came on. Not a shot in anger until Jay came on. Too little, too late though. Yeovil second bottom and playing with heart. LOFC eighth and playing at walking pace. WTF is going on at home games. 75% of home games lost this season. Going up. Not on that form, we ain't. Yep, cheers, Gary. Good points there. Matt Baker Home said, if we come and play and lose, that's all part of the deal. But if we don't show passion, it's theft of time and fans' money. This was very poor until Jay and Big Nige came on. There was no width, no movement, and the midfield were laughable. 
and Pollock was very poor. So again, we kind of already mentioned about why didn't Hess change it earlier. Um, but everyone seems in agreement that once Simpson and Nigel came on, things did get better. I'd be, be amazed. I'd be amazed if Simpson and, and Nigel don't start next Saturday. I agree. I'd be absolutely amazed. Speno 11 FB is ripping whatever is left of our club apart. So sad. Second best in everything. Devoid of anything. Even my five-year-old shouting, just shoot. Yeah, LEJ88. So the leaking goal was due to inexperience of wing-backs and struggling to create. Which leaves the question, so why did Bichetti force Cohesi and Cox out? At East Ang Dave. Uh, I don't think we've had a tweet from you before, Dave, so thanks very much for getting in touch. When FB is being verbally abused like that, what do you expect? A wave, a smile, being ignored? Yeah, good point. O's fan basics in an awful second half, uh, but team pick did look good. Just got worse. Cox and Cohesi would have made no difference today. At Odeer Walshie, like most clubs in turmoil, we play better away. The anger at the owner in the stands will affect things on the pitch. Yeah, and it did. I think it did yesterday, to be fair. Uh, at Les LK52, so I'm starting to think Hess isn't the man for this job. But who would come in and allow the owner to pick the team? So again, lots of people alluding to the fact that they feel Bichetti is picking the team there. Yeah, at Bill Fleet Heat, I've heard and seen Bichetti and Hess slagged off. What about the players? Totally unprofessional today, next to no effort. Yeah, I think that's a fair enough point there, Bill. Thank you for that. And Nick Clark Ailes says, so it is okay to abuse and shout F off to FB, but not to wave back? You can't have it both ways. Hunt called us morons. Yeah. At Tolson 14, if FB leaves, what happens though? We lose our club. Who would buy our club in the state it's in with the wage bill so high? That's a great point. That's a great point. That's something that I really don't know how to answer. I don't no, know there is um, Yeah, but look yeah. how long it took Barry Hearn to find someone with enough money to come and take well, it. Well, I guess if FB ever thinks that and decides to walk away, how does the club support itself? Yeah, that's it. and, and that is a scary question. I guess that's a question for another day. That might be another good reason why to get lost on to find out what would actually happen. Yeah. So, good, good tweet there. Uh, another new name we've never heard from before. Uh, I don't remember anyway at MJ underscore Whoopi underscore Woo said I can't get over that is that the same team I enjoyed seeing the last two weeks it was like seeing a different club yeah Bradley Ackers 95 I know Pollock is young and was played out of position but my god he was shocking he lost everything and slowed the play down at Darren Giddens said it's a style of play that is the problem Long ball into a big man, looking to play off knockdowns. Really? It's too easy. Yeah, at Antique Mouse, it's clearly a disaster area behind the scenes at LOFC. The lack of leadership or stability could ruin the club. Yeah, at Prof Mike underscore QMUL said, a wonderful home defeat and the worst performance I can remember. Tell me it was a bad dream. And I've got to say, I don't remember many worse performances than that in the last couple of years. I've got to be honest there. Uh, yeah, there's been a few. Uh, under, under Fabio Liverani. Okay, Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, at Jaden underscore Chris, Chrissy 13. At least we know that Charlie Granger is still alive. Eh? Hey. So well, well done, John Macker. He's been found. He's at Brisbane Road at 3 pm yesterday. Well done, John Macker, for <laughs> reviving that. At Dunmark, it's just one game. Let's keep perspective and support the team. We criticise FB for being reactive, and he has Kevin Nolan headed in brackets there, and we can't be too. I thought that was a fair point. To be fair, the points that come back, uh, the pro Bichetti points. They all make sense. But then I guess so do the anti-Bichetti points. It's, yeah. it's a real bizarre situation to find ourselves at this moment in time. And you've got the last the last tweet. 
No, there's a couple. Oh, there's a couple more. more. Yeah, okay. John Macca, 1977. Not much to say about the game, but Pichetti has shown his true colours and what he really thinks of us, the fans. He's started something now, and unfortunately I can see the club having to go through a horrible period before it is able to emerge on the other side. It won't happen, but Hess should make a statement by resigning, and Pichetti needs to sell up. As long as he's at Orient, the club has no chance. So quite strong views there from John, but you get the last word. I do. Uh, this is from Ian K. Richardson. Ian Richardson gets yeah. the last word. Who just said, usual toxic LOFC fans on social media after a loss. Today was bad, but those who see us away know we're capable. And finished it off. I think this is a great three words to finish it off. This is Orient. Yeah. So... Again, thanks point. for all your tweets. We did tweet out quite a few tonight, but we thought there were so many <coughs> good points coming in um, that we had to, it'd be rude not to. And if we haven't mentioned yours, we apologise, but uh, keep sending them in. It was great. And lots of new names there. Lots of Warwick fans that we didn't know about before. So yeah, thanks for getting that. in touch. So, Prediction League update. Only one person predicted the correct result, sadly. Um, so, congratulations to at Kid Sampson O, who gets three points, correctly predicting a 1-0 yeah. win to Yeovil. So, Robert Locke is... Robert Locke 14 is still top on nine points at Grayno 75, at Mark Shepherd underscore 79, at MP Allen triple two, and at Orion underscore 17 are all second, joint second on seven points. I, I presume next weekend there'll be a few more defeat predictions. But Don't, you never know. Let's you see. never know. Let's not be so um, yeah. optimistic with four nils <laughs> and three nils then. So, fan- real, yeah. so Fantasy Football League, so we're running our own Fantasy Football League this year. If you want to join, DM us on Twitter or give us an email. We had a few new uh, teams added in the last week, which is great. So George Stone still leads the way. He's got 305 points. He's six points ahead of second place, Alan Edwards. I've slipped down, mate. I'm now 29th in the league. Do I need to step in and help? I'm all right, but I still think you should do it. I know you don't want to. I can't should- be bothered. Charlie Daniels scored me nil poids. Unfortunately, Moses, who I've got, uh, is still in June, and Jakubovic was on my bench. So I am representing the Orient players in there. Yeah. But 29th out of 57, mid-table. I'm mid-table. You are. I'm under pressure, like Hess is under yeah. pressure. <laughs> <laughs> so we've, yeah, as you said, we've had seven new managers join the league, so welcome one and all, and yeah. uh, anybody that still wants to can still join Absolutely. in. Today, earlier on today, the ladies' team progressed in the FA Cup by beating Rittle 3-0 with goals from Hayley B, Lydia Cooper and Sophie Lemarchand. And also a happy birthday to Welsh wizard Ellie Davies. The ladies' development team beat Actonians away 5-2 in the Capital Cup. So, well done the ladies. Yep, Great to hear, yep. Absolutely. So, positives and negatives of the last week. <laughs> so, I'll do the positives because we do have them. There um, are some. So the first one is the return of Jay Simpson to the squad, which is great. So, we, you know, Jay, 25 goals last season. No-brainer. Secondly, the return of Nigel Atagala to the squad. Your favourite, many of fans' favourite. Yeah. Looked much better when he came on yesterday. And thirdly is the under-18s and the ladies. Again, both teams doing fantastically well. So while the first team... Might not be disappointed. great is there's, there's not all doom and gloom there. So, so negatives, uh, obviously a poor result. Obviously, yeah. the post-match situation with Bichetti is a negative, and, and obviously we've now lost Nicky Hunt to injury for who knows how long. So, would you reckon just yeah, Nicky Hunt's injury three five two, three at the back, three centre backs? No, always be four four two. Yeah, four, what two, for you? Four two three one. Yeah, someone I can't remember. Well, someone behind us mentioned why doesn't he go three five two? I thought actually that's not a bad point. That's not a bad point because you make it more solid in the middle, and you can still have your two wingers. Yeah, but who is the five? We're at Angana, Kelly. Kelly. And you have your two wingers. Yeah, at so but three, one, four, two. But then you're just asking your two wingers to run back a bit more. 
3-1-4-2. Interesting point, it? yeah. I, I presume we still go 4-4-2, but the, I guess the option's there, because he's still got quite a large squad. Could do a 3-5-2. My favourite is 4-3 or whatever. 4-2-3-1, I like that yeah. formation. But you've got to have okay. the personnel to do it. Yep, so Hero of the Week. is more Heroes of the Week. 22 of them. 22, yeah, 22... 24 as if we're a going to put the managers of the 22 as okay, well. Yeah. Right. So, okay. So this week we're going to give it to the under 18s <laughs> and the ladies. So well, well done, done to one and all. So well done also to Omar Risa, coach of under 18s, and to Chris Brayford, coach of the ladies team. So well, well done. done. And you know, we can still find the positive. So next week's fixtures, just one fixture away <coughs> next week as we make the journey to Lots County on Saturday. Lots County will be full of confidence as they beat Charlton away 3 2 yesterday. And their strike partnership of Jonathan Steed and Jonathan Forte looked dangerous. They scored three goals between them yesterday. They are currently 12th in the league, 11 points. Same points total as us. We've got a better goal difference. We've got a plus two and they've got a minus one. I would say they have... Was it them that signed a Portuguese manager and he went out and got a whole load, like 15 new signings? Oh, is that Port Vale? Okay, Port yeah, Vale. you're right. Sorry, wrong club. Cool. Um, during the game, we were discussing that this week's podcast was going to be a really, really short one. Um, a total contrast to last week. But as we said earlier, it's never a dull moment at Orient. And matters on the pitch, which should always be the main talking points, sadly, this week, aren't as the owner's reaction to the fans venting their dissatisfaction took centre stage. It's not all negative, though, with the ladies in the under-18 scoring for fun and keeping clean sheets and the great work that the Trust are doing. It's not all doom and gloom. We will go again next week, and we must keep supporting the team for the full 90 yeah, minutes. well said. So that's it for episode 78, and thanks for joining us. We'll be back with episode 79 in two weeks. So after Barlet Away, which will be the morning of Sunday, 2nd of October, 79, we'll be here. So we'll have three games to club, cl- clover, to cover. We'll have lots of counties, them as well, yeah. Plymouth and Barnet. So it could all look really different at three games time. So no podcast next week. It's my little one's fourth birthday. We're going to be out raving for 24 hours straight next Sunday. So no podcast next week. On sweeties. Absolutely. Yeah. Sunday, 2nd of October. So we hope uh, you can join us then. So yeah. as always, look here forward to hearing from you. And keep calm. Have a great week. Listen yeah, to the thanks oral. for everybody who's interacted with us. Yeah. And um, up the O's. Up the O's. <laughs>